everybody, and welcome to another episode of Intention is Everything. I am one of your co-hosts, Karen Frazier, and with me, as always, my good friend and co-host, Cheryl Knight Wilson. Hey, Cheryl. Hey, Karen. How are you this week? Well, you know, I was just telling you, I may be a little quieter than usual. Um, I did not feeling great, but I'll make it. I'm not sure what. I think I, I think maybe I ate something that didn't like me very much. <laughs> That's not good. No. Today, I'm going to go ahead and let Cheryl introduce our current guest because she has spoken with her before. Tonight, we are super excited to talk with Melanie Barnum about her newest book titled Intuition at Work, Trust Your Gut to Get Ahead in Business and in Life. And in the book, she demystifies intuition and its use in business and shares how to turn intuition into a superpower anyone can leverage for success. That is so cool. Um, the book includes hands-on ex exercises, inspiring stories, and clever techniques. And Karen, as you last mentioned, we talked to Melanie back in 2017 when the podcast was called Paranormal Underground Radio. And we basically focused on her psychic work and her books, many books about psychic development. And so this time we're going to turn a little bit to intention and talk about that. But I also wanted to tell you a little bit more about Melanie before we get started. She is an intuitive counselor, a life coach, a hypnotist, a psychic medium, and an international author. And she's been practicing professionally for almost 20 years. She's also a teacher and a workshop presenter, and she reads for clients around the world. One thing that is super cool is that she was a VIP reader at Psych Out, a gathering of the nation's foremost psychics, which was organized by Court TV. And she is a member of, national, of the National Guild of Hypnotists and the International Association of Counselors and Therapists. And the book we're going to be talking about today primarily, as I said, is Intuition at Work. But she also has many, many other book titles, which are really interesting. Um, and I'm just going to list a few here because there's too many to list them all. But, but a few are Manifest Your Year, Exercises to Make Your Wishes Come True. Love that. The Steady Way to Greatness, Liberate Your Intuitive Potential and Manifest Your Heartfelt Desires. And she also has a number of psychic development books, as well as a card deck called the Psychic Symbols Oracle Cards. And Melanie also holds certifications as a life coach, hypnotist, and past life therapist, as well as in many other fields, which we can talk about as well. And I just want to mention real quick that uh, Melanie was kind enough to send us a few copies of her book, Intuition at Work, to give away to our listeners so just stay tuned and later on in the podcast, we'll tell you how to enter to win one. So after all that, and I know I didn't even cover half of it, welcome Melanie. Hi guys, it's so nice to be here with you both, Cheryl and Karen, thanks for having me. Absolutely, so my first question for you is when do you sleep? Well, I don't sleep too much actually, I seem to be up all night long. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a lot going on. And I, I was really excited to see that you have an Oracle deck. So did you design the Oracle deck? And um, tell me a little bit about that, because I happen to love Oracle decks. We'll go into the other stuff, but that caught my eye. So tell me about that. Oh, awesome. So my first book that I wrote was called The Book of Psychic Symbols. Which I and have. As, <laughs> that's awesome. I'm glad. 
Um, as I wrote that, and as people started reading it after it was published, I started to get the feeling that people wanted an easy way to do readings and people wanted an easy way to kind of access different symbols and to learn how to recognize and understand symbols more so than just having the book. And it just kind of felt right to create this Psychic Symbols Oracle card deck. So yes, I designed it, created it, did everything and you know, published it, packaged it, the whole nine yards. So it is 100% from me and it has images of symbolic information. So you can actually just look at the colors on the card. You can look at the pictures on the card and you can read them that way. Or you can use the words. I've actually put descriptions about a paragraph on each card about what the card or the symbol represents. So they're pretty simple and easy to use and they're full color and glossy and they come in a a really nice metal case. I'm going to buy those. I really <laughs> like, so look at that one customer. There you go. Time well spent. Um, nice. I, I like to use uh, all of my decks exactly the way you said, which is I look at the pictures, I look at the colors, I look at the numbers. And so I use them for symbols anyway. That's how I focus in, in my readings. So they sound like they would be wonderful for my rotation. So thanks for creating those. Oh, fantastic. And you're welcome. I'm glad that they sound good to you. For sure. All right, let's talk about the book, Intuition at Work, because I think that it's not something that people um, would necessarily put together, especially people who don't do a lot of intuitive work. So tell us about the book, kind of what made you think of writing it and then what you hope that people can get out of it. Sure. So this particular book, it was very interesting. I was away at what we call a goddess weekend with a bunch of women that I love. And, you know, it's a mix of professional women, attorneys, healers, therapists, worldwide and local. Um, and there's just so many different women that got together. And we were all, we were all talking about my various books. And one of them said, I am curious how you could use your intuition at work. And I said, really? Because I thought that that was kind of a given. And so we started throwing it around. And I said, you know, I have to write this book because I realized that there's a huge crossover that happens when you really tune into your intuition and you use it in your career. And the most successful people that are out there actually use it already. They use their intuition. They may not even realize it, but they're using their intuition to get ahead. And the other thing about this book that I thought was very cool is that it's kind of a play on words. So it's not just about using your intuition at work. It's also about putting your intuition to work for you. So whether it's to help you in your career, to discover what makes you tick, to help you to you know kind of discover all of the things that'll make you happy in life or whether it's specifically about your job or your next step in your career and what you can do to get ahead you can use this book for anything you can use it again for your personal life or your career i think that that's a, a an area that people like myself feel like maybe they 
don't have a natural ability to tap into. And I know that the book focuses on intuitive ways to reach your personal and professional goals, but can anyone who feels like I do sometimes that I'm not in touch with my intuition as much as I, I should be or could be, do I really have that ability or is it somebody else who has it more naturally? Maybe they're born with a better intuition or can anybody develop those skills? So that's a great question. And it's one that I get a lot. And I'll tell you why, because when we're kids, when we're born, we are born with this natural intuitive sense. And when we're kids, we begin to use it. But then it starts to get shut down by people that don't really understand it or people, you know, the adults in our lives that don't really believe in it. And as it gets shut down, we kind of grow up and we let that part of it go. So we don't develop it as much as we could. So we all have this birthright. We all have this innate sense of intuitive guidance, but we don't always use it intentionally. So you also asked, are we able to develop it? Absolutely. And I talk about that in all of my books, actually. The more you practice using your intuition, which is why I also include exercises in all of my books, the more you practice using your intuition, the more natural it becomes and the more routine it can become and the better you'll connect to your own intuitive sense. So yes, everybody is born with it. Yes, you can develop it further. Now, the last part here is that I tend to call intuition and psychic two different things. And the reason is because everybody is intuitive. Everybody has a sense of intuition, but just like everybody can you know, hit a ball with a bat, not everybody's going to be Babe Ruth. So just like everybody has this intuitive sense, not everybody is going to be a professional psychic, nor does everybody want to be a professional psychic. So we all are able to use this and tap into our natural gifts, but it doesn't mean that we want to do this professionally. It can mean instead that we can just use our intuition on a daily basis to help us in every way possible. You know, it's really funny that you mentioned that because when I, so I, first kind of became, so I've always been intuitive and I've always been psychic, but I have never, um, it didn't occur to me when I was young and early in my career that those two things had crossover. It just didn't occur to me. And so I was working for a chiropractor and we would go to these um, like kind of motivational workshops. And there was a guy, he was from San Diego. His name was Dr. Ron Oberstein, who did these, I think they were called power zone or something like that. He did these workshops and he put in front of everybody, this piece of paper that said at the top intuitive thought from flashes. And he said, no matter what, throughout this workshop, any thought you have that's intuitive, write it down because use it or lose it. And at the time I remember thinking, um, well, what does that have to do with chiropractic? That was the first thing I thought. And then it was like a light went on and I thought, oh, well, it has to do with everything. And so that was the first time I started to understand that. So it's interesting to me that, that so you feel like a lot of people, I guess if I was a psychic and didn't make that connection, I guess a lot of people probably wouldn't make that connection. Very, very true. And it's just like, when I am teaching people how to use their intuition, one of the exercises that we'll do is we'll read each other. And a lot of times we'll do, do it with psychometry. Psychometry is an exercise where you hold 
an object of some someone's and you get energy off of that. Usually a metal object or a picture tends to hold more energy, but you'll get information off of that object, either about the person or about somebody around them um, or about something that's going on in their lives. And so I tell people, write down whatever you get. Don't discount it, just write it down because of two reasons. Number one, when you sit there and write everything down, you're acknowledging your intuition. And number two, if you're trying to do a reading for somebody else or you're trying to tune into somebody else, you never know what's going on in their life. You never know what's going to be significant or not. Even with your best friend, you have no idea if the information you're writing down will be significant to them, even if it means absolutely nothing to you. So never discount those intuitive flashes. Never discount those moments where you feel like, oh, what was that? And what just happened? Like, what did I just see in my mind's eye? Or what did I just feel? Or why did I just get that sign? Like, why did I just see that sign externally? Like, what does that mean for me? Never discount those moments when you kind of say, hmm, there may be something to that. Because those usually are your intuitive awareness moments. Those are your intuitive abilities coming kind of through you from the universe. So I think that's really intriguing that what we might consider just a little thing that we disregard might be a much bigger thing that we should pay attention to. What are some exercises that we can go through to start developing intuition? Like let's say I'm just a beginner and I just want to get started at really doing a few things, maybe, you know, every day, maybe every other day, you know, what, what could I start doing to, to, to begin that journey with my intuition? So obviously there's a bunch of different things, but the first thing that I would tell you is to meditate. And when I say meditate, I'm not saying that you have to sit there and go, "Um," (laughs) you know, for an hour at a time, like just start with deep breaths, because when you do that, you start to come back into your body. You start to ground yourself. And when you do that, you begin to open yourself up a little bit more to the universe and all the messages that can be out there. And once you start doing that, you can begin to ask questions. So if there's something that you want to know for yourself, ask the question. Ask the universe, the energy that's out there, the guides, the loved ones, God, uh, angels, whatever it is that you believe in. I call it the universe because it kind of you know puts everything together for me. But I'll ask, and you can ask the universe a question. Where should I go from here? What's my next step? Should I do this or should I do that? Is this person going to be good for me? Am I going to find my true love within the next year? You know, you can start asking all these different questions and wait for an answer. So just give yourself a couple minutes to just wait and see if you have any flashes in your mind's eye of images or photograph like images. See if you feel anything. Um, sometimes people feel really, really heavy if it's kind of a no answer. And sometimes people feel really light and elated if it's kind of a yes answer. You may hear somebody's name if you're asking about some, you know, a, a, a relationship to come. Or you may end up feeling things that can kind of guide you in the direction that you're, that you're needing. But if you don't get anything, or if you still need validation, because sometimes, and even for myself, all the time I do this, if you still need validation of what you think you received as an answer, but you're not sure, ask the universe for a sign. 
So a sign is something external, something tangible that you can actually see or touch, not just something in your mind's eye, which is intangible, or not just something intuitively, which is kind of inside your body. Ask for something tangible and give it a day or two. And then you'll start noticing that, that the universe is gonna put signs on your path so that you can find out what your answers are. And the more you do it, the easier it becomes to understand it. So could you give me an example of a, you know, a, a scenario where I wanna ask the universe a question and, a, and I want a tangible answer. What is a good example of that, a, a question? And then what would I be looking for as far as a tangible answer? Sure. So symbols can happen intuitively, right? You can receive a symbol intuitively, meaning you can receive uh, an image of something or a feeling about something that comes to you um, from your guides, from your loved ones. And they're going to send you information as easily and as simply as they can. So they use symbols that you can relate to. They use things in your life that you can understand as a message for you. Now let's take it one step further. So say you were asking, should I move forward with this project? And all of a sudden, you know, you, you feel like you're kind of punched in the gut, right? So that's kind of a, hold on, stop. <laughs> you know, don't do that. Or you see in your mind's eye an actual stop sign. Those are internal symbols, right? Those are, that, that's symbolic answers. But then, Let's say you're asking and you say, you know, I still don't really understand. I need to know whether to move forward or not. And, you know, that night you're driving down the road and you get stuck at a red light. No big deal. I mean, you know, there's red lights, there's green lights, there's yellow lights. It happens all the time. But this red light isn't changing. And for some reason, that red light just stays red. Well, Obviously, there's something wrong with the light, but also that is an external, tangible sign that's outside of your body that you can see. You're not necessarily going to climb up and touch it, but it's touchable. So that's a sign for you. And when you recognize it and acknowledge it and you say, wow, I think this is the universe giving me validation that I need to stop what I'm doing and not move forward with this project. Once you recognize it and acknowledge it, and it makes it easier to start understanding your own intuitive symbols. So I have a question that I'm not sure how to phrase as a question. So I'm just going to ramble until I think you understand what I'm, I'm trying to get you to, to share with me. So I apologize. So sometimes, okay. um, sometimes people are in a job or in a career or in a position that they know somehow that or that they at least that where they're unhappy they're not in the right job for them but they've got those golden handcuffs on and by that i mean this job pays great um right. I, it, it lets me work from home whatever it is right um and so how and but so they're afraid to leave because they've got this perfect position even though the job is everything they hate in the world right so mm -hmm. how do they how do they work with their intuition to move out of that, I'm going to stay here until they kick me out thinking because the universe will kick them out eventually anyway. And so I would rather 
kick myself out than have the universe kick me out. Um, but so how do they they get beyond that golden handcuff thing and work with their intuition to move into something that's better suited to them? So, you know, you said a couple of things in there that are that are pretty telling. You're already saying that it's the perfect job, but they hate it. <laughs> so it's not the perfect job for them then. And right. that's the first step, right? That's the first step is acknowledging that it's not the perfect job. So it may be good pay. It may be, you know, great because they're able to work from home. And it's just kind of easy because they're already in that position, but they hate it. So it's not the perfect job. And realizing that and acknowledging that, like I said, is the first step. So the next step that I tell people all the time is tell me what you love. I'm not talking about your career. I'm talking about anything. Tell me what you love. Tell me what makes you feel good. Tell me what you really, really enjoy. And when people start talking about things like that, what they really love, what they really enjoy, they realize that this can be monetized. So you've already gone through now two steps. You've discovered what you really, really love and what you really, really enjoy. So now the next step is to use your intuition to help guide you to a career that can utilize those things that you really, really love and enjoy. Now, having said that, I'm not saying that you quit your job instantly and manifest this new position for yourself. But what I am saying is that you've started the process. And when you start to use your intuition, you'll start to open up to the universe and you'll begin to manifest and create something for yourself that'll make it feel like it's not even work. And on top of that, you can begin to not only put this energy out there to create this job or to be open to finding the job or the career that'll be perfect for you, but you can also manifest the right dollar amount. What you need or what you can have in order to not just get by, but to be comfortable and to be able to enjoy yourself with your career. And, you know, once you're doing something that you love, like the old cliche says, you're never going to work a day in your life. So it may not happen instantly, but using your, just your overall sense of what makes you happy, and then using your intuition to help guide you to that career or that position, and possibly create something, you know, using your intuition to help you create that position or that job for yourself. And then also a bit of manifestation. So using that manifesting energy to pull that job towards you. And when I say manifest, I'm, I'm not just saying put it out into the universe and let it go. I'm saying be present in your life, participate in what you need, participate in creating that life for you. So if, if you say, I need an extra $5,000 this week, and all of a sudden somebody says, hey, I have this job that's a side job. It's going to pay like five grand for two weeks. Um, do you want to do it? Don't say no. I'm waiting for a $5,000 check from the universe to come in my mailbox. <laughs> say, oh my gosh, this is the $5,000 I just said I needed to manifest. Perfect. So participate, be present in your own life, and it'll start to happen. Things will start to move and shake for you. 
I, that's actually my experience. And I feel like after I ask that question, I need to include a disclaimer. I love my job in case anybody from the company, <laughs> I, that is actually where I was when I started doing what I'm doing. Um, so the next question I actually wanted to ask you is, so I have a young adult, I have young adult children. Um, so mm -hmm. not children, young adult, my kids are young adults and they are it. both starting out in their careers as is my son's wife also. And so I give them the advice all the time, don't work to live, live to work. And they are raised in such a way in our society where that's a hard concept for them to understand because most people live to work as opposed to working to live. So how can you use your intuition to make that shift? Well, it's basically the same thing. Figure out what it is that makes you tick. Like, I don't care whether you went to school for accounting, but that doesn't really fulfill you. So you wanna do something different. You'll always have that background. You'll always have that degree. You'll always have that, you know, that information in your corner, what you've learned. You're never gonna lose that, but is it gonna make you tick? So if it doesn't make you feel great, if it doesn't make you want to get up and go to work in the morning, start thinking about what you love and what you want to do. And that's exactly what you're talking about. You don't want to have your job holding you back from enjoying life ever. And that is pretty much the key to living happily and to living using your intuition. It is about enjoying what you do, figuring it out and allowing yourself to actually do it without holding yourself back. I totally love that. I love how you were talking about, you put your energy out there, you, you, you use your intention and then you use your intuition kind of in combination. So mm -hmm. that, that's, that's really awesome. I keep getting stuck in my wishful thinking mode where how am I going to know <laughs> If I'm just using wishful thinking or imagination versus real intuition. So how can I just put those insecurities behind me and, and really go for it? <laughs> so Cheryl, I'm going to tell you a little secret. I've been doing this work professionally for over 20 years. I've been psychic a lot longer than that. And I still don't always know. So the reality is we won't always know, but we have to trust that more often than not, it's our intuition guiding us, and especially when we're starting to really tune into it and use it. And that's also why I talk about validating, get that, getting that external validation. So whether it's signs or it's symbols that come to you externally, whether it's synchronistic events, things that you all of a sudden pay attention to because they seem like random coincidences, those are the things that are going to start to help you to understand that your intuition wasn't just your imagination or that your intuition wasn't just some random blip on your radar. And these are things that are gonna help to validate those intuitive vibes that you're getting. And like I said, I'm sorry, but there's not always gonna be 100% accuracy because even for me, who again has been doing this pretty much my whole life, I don't always, get it 100% either for myself. It's really difficult to do it for yourself. You just have to start trusting that it's real and getting that validation. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but we, we also used, we talked about Oracle cards earlier. 
And that's another reason why I created that deck because you can use tools besides getting the signs and the synchronistic events. You can also use tools. Tools can help you just like a computer helps you to write or you know, a phone helps you to communicate to other people. Tools can be used to help validate your psychic or your intuitive experiences. So some readers will use you know, oracle cards or tarot cards to do readings for others. And it's not that they're cheating, it's that they're actually using these tools just to help understand or validate their intuitive messages that they're getting or to make them quicker. So you can get a instant response by turning over a card or two, if you ask a question. Same thing with other tools like pendulums, um, where you can ask, you know, yes or no questions. And I mean, the list goes on and on and on. You know, some people use runes, some people use stars. Like you can use tools to help you validate the intuitive sparks that you're getting. Yeah, you read my mind. I was going to ask you about using pendulums. So, I mean, I've used a pendulum occasionally, um, not very mm -hmm. often, but I, oh, <laughs> again, we go back to trust. Even though I test it and it works, I still second mm -hmm. guess it, right? Because that's just how my brain works, I guess. But I, I like using these tools. I think it goes, goes back to the trust factor. You, you and know. I made you that pendulum years ago, man. I, yeah, I still have it. I used it the other day, Karen. Thank you very much. You're still not using it? <laughs> I used it the other day. Yeah, I did. Occasionally, occasionally I do. But it's funny because um, Chad and I were sitting here using our pendulums you made us. And I'm like, Chad, you're shaking that. You're doing that on purpose. He's like, no, no. And then, of course, I tested mine out. And it, it answered perfectly, you know, and... I'm like, wait, that can't be right. How did they get it right? <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's it's a trust factor. But I love I love that there are those exercises and those tangible things that we can look for to to get some validation. Yeah, you know, one of the things about pendulums also, and people don't always understand this, is that the pendulum that you're using is really an extension of your own energy. So it's really your own energy that's creating these answers or putting these, these answers out there for you. It's your own intuition coming right through to the pendulum. And a lot of times people doubt that it's real or a lot of times people try and kind of, you know, trick it by asking it a question that they know the answer to already. Um, but what I have found, <laughs> yeah, we all do it. We all do it. Let's not lie. <laughs> um, but, you know, what I have found also is that you can literally hang a pendulum on something. And you could say, I'm going to use this pendulum to answer, you know, intuitively to help me answer my questions. But, I, you know, put that intention out that you don't want to touch it because you don't want to take the chance that you are actually persuading it as opposed to just letting your energy flow through it. So you can hang it on something and just stare at it and ask the question. And you may not get anything immediately, but be patient because after you do it for a while, that pendulum will start to move for you. And one of the things that I tell people all the time as well is put the pendulum in your hands first, rub it all around in your hands, in the palm of your hands and put your energy in there. Set the intention that you're putting your energy into the pendulum so that it can help you to answer questions that you may have and then hang it up. And again, set the intention that that pendulum is still holding onto your energy and it can help you to answer questions. I'm gonna do that for sure. 
I put the phone in the other room, but something's making a busy signal noise. I don't even know where that came from. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> that was a sign from the universe, man. <laughs> I don't even know how that's possible, but okay. Actually, you know what's so funny is just today at work, I edited an article about using a pendulum on a stand. I mean, just, oh. just today, <laughs> that was an article. Well, that that's validation. There you go, Cheryl. Use the pendulum on a stand instead. I'm going to do that, and I'm going to probably do it soon. I'll you could you just do it, like, on a necklace tree or something or a hook on the wall. Not a hook on the wall because it has to be able to swing. But, yeah, there's all sorts of things you can try. See? And, you know, what's really that's funny awesome. is I just came across something the other day that you had said, oh, look, here's this pendulum Karen made for me like seven years ago or something. Sorry, my dog is knocking on the window. He's scratching himself and he's hitting the window. So if it sounds like somebody's knocking, UPS is not here. Mickey's itchy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, clearly this is, this is, here's your sign, man. That's it. Yeah. Talk yeah. about synchronicities, right? That's perfect. Well, and right before you came on, we were talking about work situations too. Nice. So, I mean, Cheryl, you yeah. know, that's pretty cool. <laughs> the universe is pretty cool that way sometimes. Now we got all distracted. Um, do you have another question? I had one, but of course, as you know, it went flying out of my mind as they usually do. I wanted to read a blurb from the back of your new book, Melanie. Um, uh -huh. it, really, it really caught my attention. I mean, the whole thing did, but, but this, this particular phrase did. It says, quote, discover effective strategies for manifesting money, influencing personal influence, excuse me, increasing personal influence, bringing out positivity in others, calming your nerves, and trusting your instincts, end quote. And I know there's a lot to really unpack there, but I wanted to focus in on strategies for manifesting money because, you know, we kind of all need money. So mm -hmm. tell me about manifesting money. <laughs> huh. Big well, you know, <laughs> obviously everybody wants to know, um, but there are different ways that you can manifest money. So, you know, we talk about how you can manifest it but at the same time, you have to be present, right? You have to be present in your life to create it, to make it happen. One of the things that people kind of get worried about or get a little nervous about, because it does happen, is they'll put it out to the universe that they want to manifest you know, a lot of money. And then all of a sudden, one of their loved ones dies, loved ones die, and they leave them an inheritance. Now, that's not how they wanted to get their money. Oh my goodness. So one of the things that I tell people all the time is when you manifest, you know, put it out there to the universe that you need or that you want a certain amount of money and you want it for something specific, whether it's to pay your college tuition for your kids or whether it's because you're behind on your mortgage or whether it's because you... <laughs> I'm sorry, I can see like little notes going back and forth with Karen and Cheryl. And the shorthand that was just used. Oh, I know, I just realized <laughs> what that looked like. It was, I have a follow-up, not the other thing, but. Not a different <laughs> FU. No, no, I would just turn on my camera and flip her the bird if that was the case. <laughs> oh, that was so funny. Um, so yeah, so manifesting money, be specific about what you want it for. And be specific about a dollar amount and, you know, kind of a time frame. But 
be present to receive that. And another way to manifest money is not simply manifesting it, but what we talked about already also is that you can think about what makes you really, really happy and monetize that. So, you know, kind of discover what it is that's going to make you happy or what makes you happy already. And then use your intuition to help your, to help you monetize that so that you can create that money that you want and that you need. And, you know, there's a lot of different exercises in the book. I talk a lot about, you know, tuning in if you are an investor and a lot of, a lot of people now, besides just regular, you know, kind of people that are in the market, a lot of people now are using um, even stock purchase programs or apps on their phones. And you can buy just a little bit of stock at a time. So tune into the stocks that you see you know, on those apps or tune into the stocks that if you are investing and you do stock market things, tune into the different stocks that you may want to invest in or that look right to you and follow your intuition. If you look at one of them and it feels really super heavy, again, you may not want that, but if it makes you feel light and happy and elated, that might be one that will be good for you and that can make you some money. Now, obviously I'm not putting any guarantees on this, but start practicing. And if you don't want to actually invest yet because you're afraid that you're going to lose money, even if it's only a couple dollars on one of the apps on the phones, then begin to just practice using your intuition and watch what happens the next day. So write a couple of the stocks down and decide whether that stock is going to go up the next day or down. Use your intuition to figure that out and do that for about a week or two and follow the stocks and see what happens. See if your intuition was right on. If your intuition was right on, it's time to invest. If your intuition was 100% wrong, then maybe invest in the stocks that you think you're going to do poorly because you're just getting the single signals crossed, right? But look at the pattern and start to figure out which ones you should invest in and which ones you shouldn't. And if you're all over the place and you're not getting, you know, half the time you're getting them right, half the time you're getting them wrong, it doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason, maybe investing in stocks is not for you. So look to other things, other careers or other ways to manifest your money. And again, there's, there's different exercises in the books that you can use. True story. That's how I used to win my $2 bets on the horses. <laughs> There you go. I did. I used there to do that. Go. I was, my, my husband would be like very, he would, um, not the one I'm married to now, my previous one, he would be like super like checking all the stats and looking at the, all the odds and all of the race things. And I'd be like, I like that one. He would be so mad. At me. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah. one of the things I wanted to ask you about in conjunction with this manifesting money is that um, I do a lot of prosperity work with, with my, um, I call them healing partners, clients, whatever I call them my healing partners. I do a lot of work with them on prosperity as well, because it's probably like, I have a big seven. That's probably number one in the big seven that people ask me about. And one of the things that I've found is that people have, um, thoughts and beliefs about money and money being the root of all evil, the love of money being the root of all evil and things. And that those thoughts and beliefs are as much probably what's blocking their prosperity as anything else. And so what are your strategies for that? What's your advice for that? Yeah, I agree. Um, we also have something that 
you know, it's not just about the money being the root of all evil. We can look at it the other way and say, you know, money doesn't doesn't make happiness for us. It doesn't make us happy, but you know what? It sure does help. So when we start looking at it from a different perspective, when we start realizing that, no, it's not the root of all evil and money can actually help others as well, then we can start to kind of disintegrate that block, that energetic block. Um, a lot of us also grow up with a poverty consciousness. So if we grew up without having any money, if we grew up and, you know, we were always poor or we were always, you know, struggling to pay the rent or, you know, looking for a place to live and not having enough food to eat, then that becomes our reality. And a lot of times we never feel like we can get out of that. And so that is a huge energetic block to money and to being open to receiving money. And we also have people that don't feel worthy of money. They don't feel like they're worth it. So one of the things that I tell people all the time is, you know, take a second to really process and think about what your beliefs around money are. Also think about, you know, whether you are feeling like money equates to success and that you don't believe that you are successful or have the right to be successful or should be successful. Some people also believe that they're never going to have enough money unless they're super successful. And that can, again, be its own kind of energetic block because money doesn't have to equate to success. So there are so many different things that can happen. And one of the main starts to getting over those, um, those energetic money blocks is I tell people really think about and be honest and open to what it is that you feel about money. And that's kind of the first step. And when you do that, then you can be honest and open about realizing that, hey, I do want money because like I said, it's not gonna, you know, it doesn't buy happiness, but it really, really helps everybody to be less stressed. And if I had a lot of money, I could use it to help other people too. So it doesn't have to be the root of all evil. It can help so many people if that's the way you choose to use it. So you have to kind of rephrase the way you feel about money and the way you think about money. And once you do that, then you can start to manifest it more and you can start to be kind of open to the universe, to receiving money from the universe. I love that because while money doesn't solve all the problems in the world, it, it can help and it can help other people too, depending on how you yeah. use it. So exactly. I love that. Um, you also cover in the book how to pull intuitive awareness from dreams. And I know, Karen, you love this topic. So I was wondering if we could spend a, a few minutes um, talking about that. And how can one do that? Sure. So there's a couple of different ways. We talked about symbols and symbolic information coming through in dreams and, you know, kind of learning to interpret the symbolic information that you dream about or that learning to interpret your dreams um, in a, in a more uh, reality-based way, as opposed to just having a dream, you know, I got chased by a huge monster and I fell down into a pit. And then, you know, I, all of a sudden I woke up and I was in this beautiful meadow, like, okay, but what does it really mean? So using those, those symbols and learning how to, inter how to interpret those can really, really help you to interpret those dreams. Um, but another way that you can use your dreams to help you and use your intuitive 
gifts to help you with your dreams is to, again, ask the question of the universe and ask them to answer it while you're sleeping. Because what happens so often is that we get in our own way, right? We start to analyze things. We start to try and understand everything that's going on. And every single message that we get, we start to really discount them because we feel like it's our own imagination or we feel like, you know, we're just making it up. So if we ask the universe to help answer our questions in our dreams, then that's our intuition talking to us in our dream state. And as soon as we wake up in the morning, you can write it down, write down what you got, write down what your answers are, write down how you feel about something after you had your dream. And that'll really help you to kind of tune in and get answers that you need to give you guidance or to answer questions. So a lot of people, and I've, I've, uh, I guess I've discovered this from, because now I'm in a position in my career where I work with younger people. And I know I experienced this young, when I was earlier in my career too, a lot of people have imposter syndrome in their career. So, and it's kind of like what you were saying about the, I don't deserve this with money. So right. how can you use your intuitive guidance to get beyond that? imposter syndrome that so many people have well the first thing is to get into that career that feels right to you that feels good that makes you feel good right so that really is going to help you to get past the imposter syndrome and the other thing is you know what sometimes you're always going to feel like you're not quite ready to do what it is that next step or that next part of your career and a lot of times that's kind of what spurs you on to move forward. So it's not a terrible thing. But the reality is that imposter syndrome thing that's happening to so many people, and I get it too, believe it or not. Like I said, I've been doing this work for so many years, but my husband's always yelling at me because I'm constantly saying, you know, I don't know if I'm good enough. Yeah, I get <laughs> and that. He's like, Are you... <laughs> exactly. And he's like, Are you serious right now? Like, how many people have you worked with? How many people have you helped? Have you ever had anybody said, oh my God, you suck, <laughs> you know? So you have this, you always are going to have that because that's our, you know, self-critical inside voice talking to us. And sometimes we're not so nice to ourselves, right? So that imposter syndrome can actually be alleviated when you start to use your intuitive awareness some more and you start to say, okay, again, what's going to make me really happy? And am I doing that right now? And if you can't leave or do, you know, do what makes you really happy. And if you feel like you're doing what makes you really happy, but you feel like you're not good enough to stop and look at what you're doing and start to think about everything that you've accomplished already. And if you're in a career that you really do love, but you just don't feel good enough in it, make a list. Tune into your intuition and make a list, everything that you would want somebody in your position to have. And just use your intuition. When I say that, I mean, use your intuition so that you could rapidly write down questions. Don't sit there and analyze it, just rapidly write them down and then answer the questions. And nine times out of 10, if you're in a career that you really, really enjoy and you're doing well at, even though you feel like you shouldn't be there or you shouldn't, you're not doing the right thing, nine times out of 10, what you're writing down and what you're answering, that's going to be you. The questions that you're saying about who should be in this position or what they, what they should have, 
the answers are going to be directed towards you because you should have that job and you are good enough. And a lot of times we really need to go deeper because again, there's so much more going on with us. There's so many more insecurities that we bring with us into this world. There's so many more insecurities that we carry through even to careers that we're trained for. So, you know, you need to go a little bit deeper and figure out why it is that you feel insecure about your job or about what you're doing in life. And it may just be that you're not happy in your career and it's time to think about what's gonna make you happy. That makes sense. So this may be um, a little off topic. And so it's- No, no, we can't do it then. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is about careers. So a work team, how can you bring, if you're doing team-based work, team-based project work, how can you bring intuition into that without freaking everybody on your team out? Well, actually, it's a lot easier than you think. So it really depends on which position you're in in that work team. If you're the leader, you can use your intuition to figure out how you can get each member to work together correctly and how you can present it to everybody to work together in the right way so that you can get the most benefit from the team. And as a leader, you can also use that intuition to figure out what's make what's driving each individual so that, you know, if you ask somebody, hey, I need you to put together this in this way for me and I need it, you know, on this kind of paper and I need it this way. And they kind of say, okay, but they hate doing it that way. Instead of doing it that way, you say, hey, I need to have this information. How do you think it would best come to me? How do you think that you could best put it together for me? However you want to do it, you let me know, but this is the information that I need. And that's the person that, you know, they need to be able to run with it. So they need to be able to do it for themselves, even though they're going to give you exactly what you need. Whereas you may have other people that need you to tell them exactly how to put it down on the paper, exactly which columns you need for which thing. And those are two different people, but you're getting the same outcome. Now, like I said, you have to use your intuition to kind of read the people and read what drives them. If you are the other people, you know, you're the not the boss and you're not the leader and you're just part of the team or part of the group if you're having a um, kind of brain trust going on or you're you know you're you're all kind of kicking around ideas then you can begin to put out ideas as your imagination as opposed to your intuition because people don't need to know these things are coming to you intuitively people can just know that you're creating these ideas and you're throwing them out there so it really depends on Um, you know, where this is going, what the actual end goal is, and what your position in the team is. Out of everything we've talked about, what should our listeners really take away from tonight's discussion regarding intuition? What's the main thing you want them to remember? 100% is to use your intuition. Use your intuition because, you know, the only fish that I know of that swim upstream against the current are salmon. (laughs) All the other fish are smart and they swim downstream. And when you're using your intuition, it feels like you're swimming downstream. It feels like you're swimming with the current. When you're not using your intuition, you'll constantly find you're bumping up against those rocks. It makes it that much harder to get ahead in life because you're swimming against the current and having to exert that much more energy. So the most important thing is practice your intuition and just trust that it really is there for you. 
and that it is something that you can use no matter how you're using it. And in the beginning, if you're new to this, you're probably going to need constant validation because you're always going to worry that you're getting it wrong or that you know, you're always going to discount the information that's coming to you. So ask for the validation. Ask for those signs. Ask for those synchronistic events, you know, like the pendulum we talked about earlier. Ask for those things to happen externally so that you can validate your intuitive internal messages. But the most important thing is just start using it. Absolutely. I'm going to try a few of these exercises here in the next week or two and, and do some fun <laughs> <Good>. experimentation. <laughs> I'm excited. About awesome. It. All right. I mentioned at the beginning of the show that we have a few copies of uh, Melanie's new book, Intuition at Work, to give away. So you can win one if you email us at paranormalunderground@live.com do so by about let's say august 20th 2021 and just put in the subject line or the email intuition at work drawing and then if we draw your name we will email you to get your mailing address and, and you will get the the copy so that is paranormal underground at live.com yes very exciting and we are at that time it's already time to wrap up so can you tell us a few ways that you use intention in your daily life or weekly life and some things that you want to pass on to the listeners? Sure. So outside of my intuition, um, I use my intention to make somebody happy every day. So even if it's just one person and sometimes, and I stay outside of my tuition, but sometimes it's my intuition that draws me to somebody that needs a kind word. So every day, at least one time a day, I intentionally, or I use my intention, set my intention to make somebody feel better. And I think that that's pretty important. And I think that, you know, that should be one that everybody can adopt and use. Um, and another intention that I have is that, <laughs> It doesn't always work, but I do try to tell myself that I'm on the right path, that I'm doing the right thing, and that I am exactly where I'm supposed to be. So the last part of that is I also open it up to the universe that my intention is to continue going in a positive trajectory, in a positive move forward. Um, in my career, in my life in general, in my personal life, my family, everything. So those are, I guess, a, a few intentions that I have on a daily basis that I kind of wake up with. And, you know, I expect that these things will, will happen and will be good for me and everybody involved. I love everything you just said. Just loved yeah. it. Thank you so much. I do too. And those are things that people haven't told us before intentionally. So I love it. I, everybody has, it's so cool. I love that we ask our guests this because we have gotten some of the best answers from people, stuff that I use, that I have used regularly in my life. And these are definitely some that I will use. So now we have come to the part of the show that we call Shameless Self-Promotion Corner. This is where you can tell our listeners anything you want them to know about you, your books, where to find you, all of that good stuff. Thanks. <laughs> we like shameless promotion corner sometimes. We do. <laughs> um, so essentially, 
you can find me anywhere. If you go onto my website, melaniebarnum.com, you'll find all of my books, my workshops, um, a lot of my podcasts or interviews or YouTube videos. Uh, you'll be able to find those there. If you want to find me on social media, just put in Melanie Barnum Psychic. I am more active on my Facebook page and my Instagram page, but you can definitely uh, look for me there. And also you can find any of my books at bookstores around the world. Um, they're also translated, many of them are translated into different languages. So I would love to hear from people that have read my books in other languages that I can't read. So I think that's really cool. And if you want to schedule a session, right now I'm doing video or phone sessions. So whether it's a hypnosis session or a reading, you can definitely email me at melanie at melaniebarnum.com. Fantastic. I'm going to let you wind it up because my ring camera keeps going off telling me there is a deer in my backyard and my dogs are kind of excited about it. So thanks, Melanie. I'm going to go mute and let you finish, Carol. Take some pictures thanks, of the deer. Karen. That's exciting. <laughs> well, I also want to mention that Melanie was gracious enough to do an interview with us um, for Paranormal Underground magazine last month. And she is on the cover and um, she did a psychic spotlight with us. So please go to paranormalunderground.net and check it out. Or I'll send you the issue if you just email me at paranormalunderground at live.com and I'll email you the PDF of that issue. So it's, it's, a, it's a good issue and uh, Melanie's on the cover. So check it out. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> awesome. Um, so thank you so much, Melanie, for joining us. I love this discussion and I love how intuition is there for everybody. It's, it's really a great tool that we can all use. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Cheryl and Karen, for having me tonight. I really enjoyed it. You bet. Thank you. Thank you.